This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? First of all, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm <laughs> delighted. I am Jordan Reddy and I'm from Clintalkin. And Jordan, welcome. First of all, yes, welcome and thank <laughs> you for coming on. And we know each other through Instagram, through events, but also because you have your very own podcast. I do, Tell yeah. me what the name of it is. So my podcast is with Enya Martin. I don't know if you know, she's a comedian. Um, it's called So Over and it's available on all streaming platforms. And yeah, like we're on a bit of a break right now at the moment, but... It's going good and we're going to get back on the road soon. And before we talk about the podcast and how that came about for the two of you, I want you to start from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Clondalkin, that's where you said you were from? Yeah. Tell me about that. So I was born in the kiln on the 29th of May. I'm just need me bleeding PPS, whatever that's called. I'm having a stroke here. Um, Yeah, so I'm from Clondalkin. I was born and raised there um i came home my mom and my dad they had me both really young they both had me as teenagers and they went straight on drugs back in the 90s when that was like that whole heroin epidemic <clears throat> and my nanny raised me basically from day dot like so i kind of grew up seeing my mom as a sister if that makes sense you know what did I mean? you know she was your mom oh yeah no i knew she was always my mom and she was me she just wasn't my parent if that makes sense because she was just like I, i'm not messing you when i tell you my mom's a mad thing like she was a mad thing but she still had that good spirit that you always loved her no matter what you know what i mean for all the everything she put us through she was still like a gas bitch she was and just before i let you on because i'm going to calm you down now even mm-hmm. though you do your own podcast i know i have your nerves gone um at what age did you realize there was a problem with your mum and then was your dad ever around? I mm, see my dad is only from a few doors down for me. Okay. So when yeah growing up I I, I always had a good situation because I, I know I didn't have a mum or a dad I had a grandmother you know what I mean so I always had a routine I always had like a, a safe space basically I wasn't really involved in that or I didn't really see it so yeah I just it was just it was normal to me you know like I didn't I understood that other people's situations were different and people did have like their mom and their dad and but yeah I had me nanny so I didn't really see any different that you, you can't miss what you don't have but yeah I would have noticed from a young age that she was coming and going and more so gone and then when I was about three or four she went into Mount Joy um, for the first time and she was in there for about two years and then after that she went to England until I was about 10 and she had two more kids over there so I have a little brother and a little sister as well so we're all from different dads. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Mm. And when she went into Mount Joy, did you go up and see, like, I know you were very yeah, young. Yeah, I, I have very early memories. One time, like, you used to be allowed to 
go in and have visits with them inside because when you get into the docus state it's more of a program but um i have one memory of her years ago we were on a bench and she used to have really really long hair and i can remember like plaiting her hair just from that young and i always would have played with her hair that was their little bond even when i grew up and started doing the hair and the makeup um that was their like thing she loved like me doing her hair or like me doing her makeup or whatever like yeah she loved it and what did she go into <clears throat> prison for do you know a bit of everything. I think it was more she just would have like been robbing to f- feed our addiction, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think it would have been that, like, just an amalgamation of different things. And yeah, she was a master robber, apparently. Okay. Everyone, everyone that sees me say, oh man, she's a mad cunt for the robber. <laughs> she can dip anyone. <laughs> and is there, like, now, like, and we're having a laugh and a joke about mm. it, is there shame with that throughout your life? No, not for me. Honestly, like... If, I'm telling you now, if you knew, if anyone that knows my mat, no, no one had a bad word to say about it. I'm sure the people that she wronged, <laughs> that she robbed on or whatever, but honestly, anyone that, like, ever knew her, like, they, it was the same, even the same with me dad, everyone just thought, like, they were mad, they were great, they had great personalities, and that's why I do think I take that off of them, is their personality, the two of them had major big personalities, and that's what I have as well, I think. And you said there that you didn't miss it, so did you know when you went to school and stuff like that, like, did people say to you, like, where's your mat? No, because again, like my nanny would have been really involved in the community. So, yeah, everyone just kind of knew. And I think there was a few people like back then when I was growing up that like, I was like, oh, you live with your nanny as well. Like, you know, it wasn't this big mad weird thing. T- to be honest, when I was growing up, I used to think people were weird if they had like a mom and a dad and like now a happy life. And the people that I did know that did have a mom and a dad at home, they were never like, they never had a happy home. I never really had any like home, a bad life at home, mm. you know, other than like my uncle he would have lived with us as well and he would have been gone down the same path that they chose to go down and he would have brought a lot of trouble to the house like with drugs and the garden and stuff like that but other than that it wasn't really like a, an argumentative household if that you were sense. loved you yeah, knew you were well, loved more than loved i was that little boy in the 90s that i got to play with my barbie dolls my nanny let me wear a tea towel on my head i got to like wear my sister's communion dress i was just everyone knew me as like tea towel head back where i'm from so yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean i used to think of tea towel was like me hair and um yeah like i had a great childhood i always say that i got the best christmases i got wherever i wanted she spoiled me around and she had three jobs she couldn't have done enough for me and i i always get like real guilty she used to always say to me all you're doing is put me in an early grave like uh, you're gonna regret you're gonna miss me when i'm gone <clears throat> sorry i'm swallowing on my spit here um yeah and she used to always say that to me and i tell you what i do now I, do, I really, really miss her, because, like, like I said, my mum wasn't my parent, but she was more like a sister to me, but my nanny was the parent, and the two of them passed away from in a year within each other, so it, that was shit, like... Very tough, yeah. Yeah, very tough. And come here, was it very hard on her, were our children in the situation that they were in? Yeah. See, now, growing up, I never would have saw that, because she was such a strong woman. Like, my nanny would have overcome absolutely everything. Like, she would have, like, it, um... She left her husband, she raised four kids on her own, took me on, had multiple jobs, done it all, like, literally, and, I, and you never seen a better an eyelid, she took everything on, she had cancer, she had a heart murmur, she had a knee thing replacement, I'm not messing yet, like, I would have thought that, nothing would have stopped that woman, and when my mum passed away, she just got, like, so run down and so sick, I think she just died of a broken heart, because she didn't even, a year and a bit, you know what I mean, it was, yeah, it was just shit. Because she, I think she just gave up after all the the hard life she had, basically. Yeah, but she had that hard life so we could have it easy. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And that she probably did give up because she's probably like, why 
you know, yeah. why? Yeah. And, you know, to lose a child and whether that child gave you grief for their whole life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. She said that it doesn't matter if your baby's nine months old or 29 years of age, it's still your baby. And it's not right to put them in a grave. And she hated going up to the grave because she always said that that's me and they're next now. It's mad. And take it back from me, Jordan, um, with your mum and then going over to the UK. Like, did she come home and say, I have two kids? Or, like, how did that work for you? No, so she she would have had Connor when I was about six and that would have been for someone that that makes up that story is very uh, hard to tell because it's not really my story to tell but she basically would have gotten pregnant for someone and what she didn't like get on with him and then she got with another patient straight away and she kind of would have like agreed that that was their baby but she was still on drugs at the time so I know my brother won't mind me saying this but like he was born addicted and uh he was born in like a a really messy situation so he was actually taken off of her from the English government and he was adopted and then she kind of tried to get her act together and she met another fella and she ended up having a, a baby with him that's my little sister Caitlin that was when I was about 10 and then she tried to make a good life for herself and come home back to Ireland when I was about 10 and then just all tricks die hard all habits die hard kind of thing and she ended up just um she had a warrant out for her arrest when she was back in Ireland and she got locked up and that's how she got herself estranged from Caitlin. Do you get me? Yeah. So they, he, Connor was adopted and then Caitlin, she went to prison and so Caitlin ended up staying with her nanny like the way I did with mine and then Connor was adopted. And do you still see them? With Connor, we saw Connor, it was an open adoption until he was about four and then about 10 years had passed, like a big gap had passed and we hadn't seen Connor at all because his adoptive mother chose to just close that door which was fine on her part but yeah weirdly enough I was starting to like study mediumship and wanting to really because I always felt like I have a bit of the gift and I wanted to to work on it so you start off doing a few things and you call upon um certain uh, angels to help and guide you and whatever you're looking for so I called upon an angel and I asked him to help me find my brother and it's as mad as this sounds I went to sleep and in the dream, my mom came to me in the dream. She sat down on the bed beside me and she showed me like an iPad and she showed me this name on Instagram. And she was like, this is how you're going to find Connor. And it was like a five o'clock in the day. I had an app and I, you know, how, how would you fall asleep at five of the day and then wake back up? And I woke up and there was the, the name was in my head, like to go on Instagram. Lo and behold, it was his adoptive sister. The name. Excuse me. Damn short breaths. Um, yeah, it was his sister, his adoptive sister's name. And I was like, well, I knew her name was Annie, but I didn't like know the whole shebang. And went on to Instagram, took the name. There was a link to Facebook, clicked into Facebook, and then there was Connor and our friends. And I was like, what the hell? And then within 10 minutes, I was on FaceTime to him. After my mom came to me in a dream. How mad is that? Like, mad. And he was 17 at the time. And so I, had, I hadn't seen him since he was like five. And did he know he was adopted? Yeah, he knew he was adopted. Um, that was never a secret, but he knew, like, his mum was Tammy and he had a brother, but you wouldn't have known, like, the ins and outs or whatever. So hang on, you get on, because this for him must have been an absolute yeah. shock. Oh, he got told, he didn't even know that, like, they were dead. He didn't know that, like, half of the stuff, he didn't know anything. So I had to, like, be, like, the one to tell him everything, all in, like, the space of 10 minutes. It was mad. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's mad, isn't it? So you're sitting there and you find your 17 year old brother yeah and you're breaking it to him like oh yeah by the way my man's dead as well <laughs> stop yeah and like how does like i know we can't talk for him but how is he processing that and then does he go to his parents yeah i think he i think he got his hopes up a little bit because he thought that 
uh, oh my god like there's a link back in here I think he always wanted to find her and funnily enough it's like he haven't met since he was a little baby but he, I swear to god it's like she spat him out she will never be dead as long as he's around he looks like her he talks like her he acts like her it's wild they have the exact same personality my mom would like give herself a blue peter badge for anything she'd lo- oh she'd order herself flowers that's and he's the exact same way he thinks he's the best thing gone <laughs> i love to put my <laughs> put me in his place i'd make no cop on oh, and you so you still talk to him yeah then? yeah we're very close now thank god but like and uh, it's ma- it's mad how the relationship just just clicked for us like that it's after all these years it's wild honestly yeah and then Kaylee, Kaylee, Caitlin, 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 yeah. But you still talk to her? Yeah, I keep in contact with her because, like, that she's a girl and I'm a makeup artist and stuff like yeah. that. We can keep, but she, with her, like, and she won't mind me saying this as well. Her opinion of my mom is kind of twisted. That's our own drama that she has to deal with. I can't speak for her, but she'll learn herself when she, like, I, when she comes to me and asks me the questions, then I'll answer. I'm not going to tell her anything because she has an opinion and it's not necessarily the best one um, so far, but like that leave her and just let her do her own thing and when she's ready I'll, I'll be there to talk to her about her that's yeah. the way I see it but yeah we we keep in contact but we don't we're not the best of friends mm. how are you so wise I don't know I really don't know I feel like um I wouldn't have been like I felt like I was a very childish soul and I definitely came here to learn and go through those life lessons and yeah learn and um I had to go through all of that and then yeah I just feel like that Sometimes you know, a big death like that, it either makes you or it breaks you, and I hundred percent believe it made me. I'm t- I'm hundred percent a different person than I am. I would have been even five years ago. So tell me first of all, then about. Obviously, it wasn't an issue for you coming out because no. your nanny, like, yeah, and that's great, isn't it? Yeah, I don't it? think I even ever had to come out. I think I was yeah. like fourteen. I think um, how I how I said it, I was like we were having an argument on the landing. I'm running the same room to <laughs> Me and my nanny, we were like the exact same person, but chalk and cheese at the same time. Mm. So we loved an our scrap. Like that was the way we <laughs> went on. And <clears throat> we're having an argument or something like that. And she was like, I know why you're so angry all the time. It's because you're gay. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not because I'm gay. It's because you wrecked my head. Like it was, that's literally the first time I ever said, because I'm gay. Mm. And then that was that, yeah. Mm. But I had to come out to my friends. I remember, I think I was about 14. And we were at a bonfire and we were all drinking and one of these lads from a different school was there and he just walked over to me like and I hadn't said anything to my friends. I think my friends kind of just knew. And he was like, hey, I'm not being bad around me. Are you gay? And I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. He swallowed me drink, you know what I mean? And uh, I didn't know what to do. And all the lads from my school, I always stuck around me. I hung around with lads until I was about 16. Yeah. And then I kind of went with the girls. <clears throat> so all those lads were all there, like all the fellas in my class, whatever. They all turned and looked at me and I was like, yeah, I am. And everyone was just a bit like, oh, like that was in 2008, I think that was. So Jeez. the next day everyone was like, did you just say I gay? Like, and I was like, yeah, that's that. What did your man want to know for? My man. The, no, your man. Your man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was just at, like, then he was like, I said, yeah, I am gay. And he was like, oh, see, I told you he sound does not bother around him, blah, blah. And I was like, why did he even do that? Yeah. But that, back then, I think he just wanted to know. He probably was being a little taught that he was going to get uh, you fucking cowering yeah, and be like, no, yeah. I'm not. What are you talking yeah. about? And all that kind of thing. To do I would have hung around with a girl at the time. And she was that. She was like, she was kind of like my mom. My mom was a big beast. Like, she'd knock you out, ask anyone. And, um, Kizzy would have been the same Kizzy has passed away now since but she was one of those like say that to him and I'll kill you like what are you even asking for <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> sorry I felt safe and then tell me then 
about your mum and when she passed and what happened there? Yeah, so I was 21. I turned 21 in May and she passed away in the December, the 7th of December. Um, she passed away from like an accidental suicide. So, you know, like when you're coming off of methadone, or heroin, they put you on methadone. And when you're coming off of methadone, they can put you on like uppers and downers to kind of keep you going. So my mum was on like a benzophane and a zimophane. And she just got an apartment in Bluebell and she shared that with my uncle Clive, I'd call him my brother. They shared an apartment and she didn't want to go into treatment because she was afraid that she'd lose the apartment if she had to go to treatment. Mm -hmm. So she was just kind of dropping between her and her doctor like five milligrams of her tablets every week. And I think she just took on too much too quick because she couldn't take a parasite. No, when you're dropping, like you're getting clean, you can't take a parasite, you can't do anything. And when you come off of those thi- those benzos and zimos, like benzofen, zimofens, they drive you mad. Like, do you ever have a benzo fit? Mm. That's basically what happened to my mum. She just had a little snap. Like, I'm not messing with shit. My mum was real OCD. Me, freak, wrote in a diary every day. Had all of our Christmas shopping done. No letter. So I was convinced <clears throat> that she had a big slip and she just couldn't deal with it. That's mm. what I felt like happened. Um, but no, it was just like a little... When she had a benzo fit and had a little snap. So do you, just explain a benzo fit, so do you think it was an accidental? Yeah, it was, I've been to medium since and they've, she said it was just one of those things that it's, it was just like one of, like, in a benzo fit you can go through her. She had one that week and that we, she was around me when she had it, she burst out laughing for no reason and I was cracked up laughing at her. I was like, why are you laughing at you? My thing, she was like, I don't even know why I was laughing at Jordan. It's Sam Talbotson telling you they're driving me wild when I'm dropping. It's at, like, it's actually a thing, a benzo fit, they can send you mad. Yeah, and you think that's what happened? Then? Uh, yeah, she um she I don't even want to get too into it, but yeah, mm. she she killed she like hung herself kind of in our room, but like, uh, in the best way possible, I suppose. Like it was just like she went to sleep. Yeah, and um, the fireman even said that that's just one of the ways she knocked herself out, basically. How did you find out about? Her? Um, my brother Clive, he found her like that tall brother, but I call him mine. He was mm. in the apartment, so it wasn't even an hour that went by. Um, he went in and couldn't see her in our room. She had like a little alcove in our room where like our wardrobe was there but there was like a wall kind of and then our bed was over there he walked in and he couldn't see her in the room so he walked back in and then he was like what the fuck and our music was on my man loved Eminem like if anyone knows me I love Britney Spears and she loved Eminem like mm-hmm. the way I love Britney Eminem was on it was on a Sunday rainy day couldn't find her went back out went back in he saw her sitting there then and <clears throat> he rang the ambulance and they said to, to work on her but like she was gone and then he told um he had to ring my sister Erin. She was in work. She was actually in line at McDonald's to get something to eat for on her lunch. And she had to come home and tell us then. And that was like, she even says in like, she won't remember me saying this either. She held a lot of guilt for years that she had to come home and like break that to my nanny. You know what I mean? And to us, like she had to give the worst news ever. And like my nanny never really got over that. I never forgot her face. Like it was mad. She nearly, she collapsed. Like she couldn't get up. She couldn't get up. Isn't it like we think of all people who passed and you know how that affects us as the people being left, left behind, behind yeah. but also like my cousin died and up in Ballymun and her son found her and my brother had to bring my dad up and like he had he saw her like on the sofa and at her funeral he completely broke down like I like I never ever seen before and he was like to see that body, like to see her, he was like, "You've no, you've no idea what's mm. now ingrained in my brain mm. of that image of her 
he was like, it won't it, leave you now. Yeah, yeah. it's it, the last image that he has of her now. Yeah. Like, yeah, and he was like, it was absolutely horrific. So God help Clive and God yeah. help That's, Aaron. Clive would have been in the same situation as my mum. He was trying so hard, and I think he was doing like three years at that time. He was clean. My mum's clean about five years, but at the time she passed away, so she wasn't like this big man. She was trying. The one thing that annoys me about that whole situation it's so sad is that she fighted trying to be clean she died trying you know what i mean but that's that's my man all over she was a fighter it's not like she gave up but she was fighting to to be clean you know what i mean she wanted it done yesterday and she just didn't take her time so that's one thing i will say is if anyone is wanting to do that or taking the steps towards that really take your time like you don't have to rush it's not an easy process like seek help and uh, and talk to people as well because it's not an easy process and it's your life at the end of the day um but we, with Clive, that sent Clive off the wall. Like he, he like went. I'm not messing it. He went into the depths of it. It really, really drove him mad. And it was to the point where we had to stop talking to him. You know what I mean? After everything that we've been through, yeah, we were just like, look, you're on your own path, and we're on ours, and you have to just go that way. And that's what we had to do. And we're healed from that now. But yeah, it was shy. It was. I'm like sitting here opposite you and I'm like, do you know what? Like, and I knew you were a lovely fella, but like I, I, I do this, I fucking fall in love. Like I'm sitting here like, and I'm going like, you know, your words that you use and like it, it has to have come from your nanny. Like your nanny has made oh, you yeah. the man you are 100%. now. My, my nanny is from Jesus Gardens, like at Donar Avenue. I'm a, I'm a town here. That's why I say yeah. if I was cheeky around my nanny, like get up, you yeah, pup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I say that if my little nephew, I'd be like, get up, you yeah, pup and all. It's just, yeah. it's in me to be like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm her child all the way. And then can I ask you then, like, was it your height? Because your height, no, I know I'm short, short but yeah. your statue, statue, where did you get that from? From her brothers and her dad. Her dad's, when he died, so my, my great granddad, he his coffin was seven foot long. They didn't have enough room in the ground. They had to dig more ground, you know what I mean? The image of me, like, I said, cut me torso off and put me side <laughs> by side. But yeah, we're all just real tall. Like, my dad, he's not tall at all. None of them, like, I'd say the tallest would be five eleven, six foot out of them. Mm. They're all blonde with curly hair, and they they like I have no body hair around like that, and I kind of get that from them. But the fans, they're just big, tall. Like my brother is the same. My uncles are all the same. My brother is six foot three, and a size fourteen in a show. I'm six foot five, and I'm a size twelve. Jesus. And all my uncles are all big and tall as well. Yeah. So just then trying to get poxy clothes. <laughs> and then tell me about about your dad. Um, mm. Did you have any relationship with yeah, him? Yeah, I did. So like like that, it was all good. It was all good in the hood. It wasn't like this mad weird thing. The only one thing I will say is, like that, my dad, my dad would have been around from till I was about ten, and then he got married to a traveller. Right. <laughs> we didn't like her, right. but he kind of he went off, and I hadn't seen him in a while because he was coming and going. So, but up until I was about ten, he would have been. He wasn't the best father, but he was there. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um. But I had to go, like, they're all mad. Like, they literally live down the road. I'm not mentioning, like, my nanny's house and then my other nanny's house is there. And funnily enough, right, they're actually cousins-in-laws, my my parents. So they share, I have the same cousin from my ma and my dad. So they both have, say, how can I describe this? My nanny's sister, my my dad's ma's sister, and my nanny's, my mam's mom's brother. Right. Are married. Okay. And they're kids and my cousins from the same way. Do you get me? So they're me second cousins from my dad and second cousin from my ma. Right. Do you get me? Yeah, I think so. Like so my auntie Marie is my auntie through my nanny and then my uncle Noel is me uncle through my ma. Right. Do you okay. get me? Okay. 
So they're both like me auntie and my uncle from the two sides. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, because it's only through marriage. Right, okay. They're not so actually in, cousins. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what? No, they're right. not actually cousins, but I have the same cousin twice, if that makes sense. Okay. So when I was at her wedding, like, she had her mass family there and her dad's family there, and but they're all my family. Do you get me? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you not get what I'm saying? How is it difficult to describe? You know me, I'm having a big stroke face, I can't talk here. <laughs> and then tell me a, a, a little bit more if you can about your dad. Yeah, so my dad, he's like that, he's from the same way from my mum. He was just a mad thing, like, into all the horses and... He's a real, like, lad's lad, like, and, but when we would have been growing up, I have this cousin that's one year older than me from my dad's side, so we were the best of friends growing up, and he would have been like that, but he would have always been very patient with me and understanding, and he knew, like, he wasn't, you know, they never forced me to do anything I didn't want to do, and sometimes they put us together and be like, right, come on, we're going to box now, we're gonna I'd be like, I want to play the Barbies, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I have this next door neighbour, Louise, and the three of us were like the three little musketeers, so Louise had, like, a tomboy moment, and... So Auntie kind of got his little Anthony, sorry, got his little like kind of lads, lads banter with her. And I do obviously I play with the bikes and cops and robbers around, but then me and Louise would just sit on the blanket playing with Barbie. <laughs> I'd brush her hair and <laughs> we'd sing Britney Spears and all, yeah, and Spice Girls. And then did you have a relationship then later on with your dad? Yes, I always kind of had a good relationship. Like I said, he kind of went down when I was about ten. Um, no, seriously, this um, is professional. I'm dealing with. And uh, yeah, like we would have, I would have had a great bond with them. Now it would have been my granddad that I didn't really get along with. So my granddad would have, I don't really want to get too into no, it, but don't. he never really liked my mum. Okay. He didn't really like my mum and that, he never really liked me in that sense as well. And I always felt that like a little bit of a weird awkwardness. And then when I got older and when I kind of started knowing that I was gay or I started feeling a bit more uncomfortable, I didn't go into the house as much or I didn't take part in the family in that sense. And I kind of mm. took a step away. And then right before he died, he passed away in 2019. I said that I'd get back in there a bit more. Now, I'd always been very close to my auntie, my dad's sister. She is like my soul. Mate. I love her to bits. She's one of my favourite people in the world. And that's kind of my little link in there with them. Mm. But they're all, I never had a bad word to say about any of them. They're all gassed. They're great. It's just I felt a little bit uncomfortable. And then like that, my dad wasn't there. So there wasn't really a need for me. You know what I mean? Mm. But I should have and I still should visit me nanny a little bit more and just make a bit more of an effort because I, I feel bad and like that time is just slipping away as well so the longer I leave it the worse it gets as well so I feel like I want to make a lot more of an effort there and I will 100% and does he have children no I'm the only one thank god mm. wouldn't be bringing out. I'm the only one and then tell me a bit about your mum oh you're about yeah about your nanny like your, your oh, my nanny, nanny. Yeah. yeah so like that she's from uh Teresa's Gardens to Avenue and she moved out here in the 80s she was one of the, the first person on air out to get the house and like that, she was just a pure community woman, always, like, done everything. She just lived her life to help other people as well. She was just one of them real helpful souls, yeah. She was mad as well, narky, angry, like, but funny, you know what I mean? And she, then, when your ma- when your mum actually passed away then, yeah, tell me about your nanny then. Yeah, I killed her. I killed. She never kind of really recovered, like, that's the thing about her. She would have, like... Yeah, she just kind of let her get to her, I think. She just never got over it. And then she she ended up passing away from a clock. She A clock uh, went to her to her head and that caused a stroke and then that caused a bleed on her brain and then we had to put her on life support and then eventually knock her off. And that all happened within three days. Yeah. And you know when situations like that happen, is it that are you 
our grandson or you or son are they your brothers and sisters and you're yeah, making that decision like, no, between really us think like that where like mm. oh yeah i'm there all the way like i'm mm. my son she's my mom you know what i mean mm. but now don't get me wrong some one or two of the times i had been, had an argument with her when i was about yeah i think i was about 20 or 21 i had an argument with her and she, i said ma like she's i'm not your ma i'm not your ma and then i, I was very weary of saying mom after that but yeah i would have been i was a son and she was my man that was that mm. and what was that like for you um to turn off the machine on her oh jesus it was the worst thing ever honestly that was like i can't all i can remember is them noises they trigger me now if i'm watching fucking hobby city or something i hear them mm. beeping around near, 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 near. Mm, mm. <laughs> they trigger me but yeah it was fucking shy it was awful the worst day of my life to be honest because like that i'm getting emotional she was like my mom my dad the one the one person i had that really looked out for me and done everything for me and I didn't me and like my brothers and sisters and all that we wouldn't have been in the best place because I wasn't in the best place like I said and um it just knocked me for six yeah like awful awful but I had a like I I had like a I don't even know how to describe it like I just had a bit of a breakdown to be honest I had a bit of a snap as well and I like I went very into myself that's I would have always been a bigger person like I would have always had weight on me but that's when I really started to gain weight and that's when I became noticeable I think from say 2016 to 2020 I would have put on about seven stone really yeah I used to be told to one stone and so that's how like it's just all in your mind yeah weight is so connected to your mental health it's wild it's the exact same thing with like if you're like anorexic or bulimia your weight is a um what's that thing when you have a side effect your weight is a side effect of your sickness and it's the same when you have when you're overweight and you have a sickness I had like a an emotional attachment to food and I depended on food to make me feel a certain kind of a way the same way um looking in a mirror made someone that has bulimia feel a certain kind of way it's the exact same thing which was reversed and my weight was a side effect of my illness that's the way I saw it and how did you get out of that I I got a gastric slave done did you yeah, I got a gastric slave done in last year, actually next week, a year ago. But I had been making strides in my own mental health a year before that. So I, like I said, I would have been quite a recluse. Now, I was always like popular and like very friendly and outgoing and full of confidence. But I barely walked outside the door. I barely, like walking around the corner would have hurt me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had made a conscious effort because one of my friends, my close friends, he died. Um... And I said, no, I want to get back involved with my friends I grew up with. And, like, all of us were together again. And I made an effort to make sure I was there at, like, no, it was months mine, like, or like, anything that they were having community days or whatever. I just made sure I was there. And I was working in a salon around the corner from my house at the time, a year before I got the surgery. And I just said, like, it's do or die now. You need to just start getting back involved. And weirdly, I had the most confidence I'd ever had, but I was at my heaviest, if that makes sense. Mm. But I... But, you know... Was that real confidence or is that masked? Because that's what you do. Yeah, I think it was a bit of both, to be honest. I think I was putting on a front, but I was making sure that I wasn't letting those memories pass by me. You know what I mean? I wanted to be involved and I wanted to be a part of like my friends again. And I wanted to get back to who I used to be a little bit in, on the inside. And yeah, I just made sure I did do that. And I, it was mad. Like I had been at everything in the last year that I was the biggest I ever was. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't have never done that a year before that so it's mad and like when you were sitting in the house because I can imagine that 
the one consistency in your life is gone. Yeah. Your mom's gone before that. And I don't want to harp on about it. But how lost did you feel? Like, you must have felt so lost. Yeah, very lost. To the point, like, I don't want to trigger anyone, but I tried to commit suicide a few times. But, like, in, like, a, the most self-deprecating way, as in, like, I, I was just got strung out on Xanax. And I had, my friend had given me Xanax to sleep and then I had got the number off of the person that they got it off of and I just kept getting them and getting them and getting them because I just wanted to sleep all the time. I just didn't want to be like awake because I was just, it's like crying over spilled milk. You know what I mean? It's like crying over something you can never, and it's the worst pain you can ever go through because you can never get that person you're missing back and it's absolutely horrible and I wouldn't miss it on my worst enemy. But it's real why me, you know what I mean? It's a real like why me and what, and everyone you think that it's only your world that has collapsed, but you don't understand that it's a, uh, an effect on everyone, not just you. That's what kind of snapped me of it, to understand it's not just your life that's in the pits now. That would have all been happening with Syria, and all that going on with Syria at the time, and I never mm. forget, I saw a post on Facebook, and it was a little girl, and she was crying because our house had been bombed, and she was the only survivor. And like our little brothers, like the only babies, little brothers, and our mom and dad, everyone was dead, and she was just there on her own, and I was like, I'm not diminishing my loss, but I was like, look at that poor girl. She didn't ask for that. And I didn't ask for what happened to me. But look at her. Like, and she's going to have to go through that. So if she can make it, I can't. That's the way I saw her. And that's what you did? That's what I did. Literally, that's what I did. I just snapped out. But I was like, I'm going to put them aside now. And I'm going to focus on me. And I'm going to really just try. I take it. Even if it's minute by minute, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll get through it. Because I'm not wasting. They're dead. I'm not wasting what I have here and now. You know what I mean? Do you ever get, you'd see, you didn't even get help or anything? No. I went to one psychiatrist. I went, they, they have CASP, you know, CASP? No. They have CASP, is condo, it's like a Kandaka, I don't know what the anagram for it mm. is, but it's like a Kandakan um, service user. Right. Uh, for, I mean, as in drug user uh, rehabilitation program. And they had free counselling. I went to two sessions with them and I just didn't vibe with the people. So I just kind of. I really start talking to myself or like if I have a bad day like I'm not messing I swear the power of music mm-hmm. you don't understand what putting like a little bit of 80s Madonna on like what it does for you like it just helps your soul you know what I mean I like, mm-hmm. get up right change my bed put a bit of like a bit of Britney on and just get on with it and do it and like yeah if you just act happy for five minutes you will be eventually yeah. that's the way I see it's crazy I know you wouldn't everyone says that to me like if I how positive and happy I am they don't think that I have this much like heavy shit behind me mm. and they don't get but like what's the point of walking around like oh like my man's dead I joke about it all the time because I always say if you don't laugh you cry it is what it is like it's happened but there's, there's always someone a bit worse off you never know and then when you got into the mediumship <laughs> yeah tell me about that I'm, I'm still not I'm a bit shit to, to do it like to be honest because yeah. it's it's a heavy yeah it's a it's, it's heavy tech and I work on just trusting my gut instinct and going with it and seeing science and understanding that the law of the universe and just really taking it like day by day and if I do choose to go down the route of doing it yeah I would but mine it's, it's not like I can see dead people around like that I just have a really good strong gut instinct mm. and uh, like that dreams like I, I they come to me in dreams all the time where people tell me things or yeah I just I don't know it's mad like I knew my nanny was gonna die did when you? she died, yeah, I swear to God, I was putting, I was away in a hotel <coughs> over in uh, Donaby with my ex at the time. And my sister Erin rang me and she was like, oh, uh, my man's had to be taken into hospital, but do you think it's diabetes? Because the clot was in her leg at the time, because mm. I was a foot. So they thought it was diabetes. And she was like, look, don't come over, Like I'll call it if you need anything. I'm not messing you. I took that 
car said, take back that room. I said, come on, you. In the car, gone. I drove, that's a 27-minute drive, and I made that in, like, less than 15 minutes. I flew over, and I just knew the minute I saw her, I burst into, I don't cry, ask anyone, I don't cry. The minute I saw her, I burst into tears, because I knew it, I just knew it in my soul. I was like, oh, I told you. Like, and I just didn't say it to anybody, obviously, they're not going to make the situation worse, but I just knew in my heart and soul that she wasn't going to come over. And she just got worse and worse and worse and worse. It was like bad news after bad news. Mad. Why don't you Sorry. cry? I do cry. I do. It's not that I don't. I don't cry in front of people, and I'm like, oh, it's not because I won't or anything like that. It's just because I can't. Because I don't know. I just. I don't know. I just can't. Um, I pure think everyone's looking at me all the time. Do you <laughs> like what's that syndrome when you're walking through the supermarket? You think everyone's looking at you, and like yeah, people are but no one, no one gives a bollocks. Yeah. That's me all the time. I think everyone's staring at me, but um, I cry like I I wouldn't even cry at the grave if I'm on my own. I go up and I'd like I. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Have a, like a little smoke with me, ma'am, and just have a laugh and like uh, a spicy smoke, I like to say. And I'd have a laugh up there, but I wouldn't ever really cry, but I'd cry on my arm late at night and I'm looking at their pictures then I'd be mm. like <gasps> in the bed but yeah I just I'm not really a quiet quiet like I'd cry at a dog dying in a film though 100% yeah I'm not a quiet but like I don't think I'm not a quiet like I, I kind of don't show me emotion yeah 
But you are an emotional yeah, person. Yeah, but I am an emotional yeah. person. See, I think I feel like that with the mediumship. I feel so many people's emotions. Like, I, do you know the way, like, when it's awkward in a room and you can feel that? Like, mm-hmm. I feel that off of people all the time. And when I'm drunk, I can read people's auras. It's only when I'm drunk can I do it. <laughs> and I can teach you how to do it. It's gas. <laughs> One of the nights, we were on, like, a session with my friends and I taught them how to read auras and it was fucking deadly. Like, we were, and I was so good at it. But it's mad. I don't even know the meanings of them. I was like, I just see blue. <laughs> but, um... I do feel people's emotions a lot of the time so like mm. I think I'm a bit drained and worn out so I need to learn to like put up that like barrier to be like right I'm not taking your shit on, on to me you know what I mean yeah because that's what um Sinead Healing Journey said to me after the podcast she was like so what do you do after podcast I was like have a cup of tea yeah just chill out have a cup of tea chill out probably put a bit of music on probably go upstairs probably put my program on it's the same kind of thing you have to get rid of that energy people are getting very heavy and poor in their heart out to yeah. you and it's like you have to go right okay put that aside yeah. and I used to be very good at compartmentalising compartmentalising mentalising, um, situations and I was very good like mm. what does that mean like breaking it down like putting it in a box oh see right. you later move on to the next right. person thanks very much move on to the next yeah, person see I think about things I used to actually do makeup in the funeral home as well like, fuck off Jordan I was like Jesus you lived a thousand lives but I'm not messing like and the last two people I did that makeup was my mum and my nanny like I, a funeral home opened up in my area and um, I'd done the makeup in it for like a little while but I didn't have a car at the time and they moved because Larry Massey and uh, Brian McElroy was really big in the area right. so they weren't getting enough work so it only lasted a little while that I did it but I did do it like and Right, it's, you have to tell me about that. Yeah, it's very hard not to take that home. You're not really allowed to know anything about them. Like, you're not like you don't really, you're just allowed to read their name or whatever. Like, but obviously you can come and Google it, but you're not allowed to know how they died, why, whatever. Like, and because I'd pure be like, oh god, love poor May. Like, should I have a heart attack? I'd say our family I'm bits. But like you were saying, like about your um, your dad is it? Yeah, I saw that's all the woman. I'm not messing you. See when you go see someone laid out in a coffin, that's yeah. nothing compared to fresh out of a fridge. Like, when you see poor May, 90 years of age, fresh out of the fridge, it's like something else. I was like, how the fuck am I going to fix that? Like, because they're literally purple. Right, so tell me. <laughs> Break this down. Yeah. Did you get a phone call offering you the job? Yeah, like, so it's like, it's there was a woman in my area and I used to do her makeup and she was the receptionist in the funeral home. She was like, they're looking for makeup artist. So your man brought me in and he actually tested me out on a baby to see how I could cope, like just to be in the room and see how my nerves were. And yeah, I saw like a baby and yeah, oh, that was awful. Like I just, it's so sad because it's just so unnatural as well. You're not allowed to really see it. And then it was only two other people as well then that I actually worked with because he wasn't fucking busy. Like, but um, yeah, like when you... And how do you, you make them call, like, from purple to... It's all colour correction. Yeah, so like I, you yeah. have like what the foundation I put on you, I can put on me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, it, it has to be like a a cream to matte, like so it dries <laughs> matte. If that makes sense. So I can't like when you die, your pores close. So like this is not when you die, your pores close. So like stuff just slips. Like if you put like say Sally Hansen on or whatever, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Like it doesn't sink into the skin. So you have to put stuff on that like is wet and then dries down. Do you know what I mean? Right. So when you're doing dead people, it's face, neck, and hands because that's what's on show. <laughs> And um, I'm yeah, telling you now, if you're listening to this podcast, you have to watch it. You have to watch this mad thing opposite me to, to, to face that. What did you do? <laughs> face neck <laughs> But like, you know, when people like go and see that and they're like. They're oh. cosmetized. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but they're like. Even men. Yeah. But they're like, please not purple eyeshadow on her and red lipstick. Yeah. See, that's the person's job is like, you have to ask like the family. 
So say if you died, God forbid. Touch wood, yeah. If you died, I'd say to your husband or your kids or whatever, like hopefully they're grown up by then. What what was she like? What even little things like her perfume? Because if Fiona isn't for the dead person, it's for the family. Mm. It's a way for the people to say goodbye, and it's for them to get a cope. Uh, it's for them to cope, and yeah, it's a final goodbye. So little things like say if you had her hair in a certain split, and if I put your hair in the middle split, and you never wore your hair in the middle split, or you never wore pink lipstick. And you walked in and you had a middle spin pink lipstick. It's not going to be you. So things that are instantly recognisable, like a scent. What perfume did she wear? I'd put that on. What way did she do our makeup or our brows or whatever? And then once those little small things are there, then you're going to look like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it's the easiest way to put it. Like. And would you be talking to them while that no, you're doing the face? No, it's true. It's done. Like when you, I even know from when I went and done it with my mum. You go into the funeral home, or they come to you, and you pick out. They have like an Argos book of like coffins. Why are we even talking about this? <laughs> they have like an Argos book. It's like coffins, and you pick out. Have you never had to pick out a coffin? No. Look thank God. Yeah. I had to go fucking about eighty times. And <laughs> um, yeah, they have a book, and it's like a coffin thing, and you pick out the um the most expensive one is forced, and then the oh, the mo- least expensive one is forced, and the most at the back, and tri- obviously made straight to the back. Yeah. And it's like a wicker one that like is eco-friendly. Right. And it's like a basket, not like a, a Moses basket, but yeah. it's like a long version. That's like 12 grand. And did you buy that for you? No, we didn't. Would you stop? We got the fucking, the one on the fourth page, oak, with Jesus carved out. And oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, that what? Left, left us nothing but a bill. <laughs> nothing but a bill. She my was ma- a pastor all her life, robbed us blind, and then left us with a bill. My man's going to be the same. I swear to oh. God. I just keep saying to my ma, I hope your daughter in laws, that you're good to your daughter in laws, because they're going to Dublin, have yeah. to mind you, because I'm not going to, because I'm doing a girl. And I'm also saying to her, like, don't be thinking you're getting an inner seat funeral with a sit down meal and all that, and a <laughs> band, down, and yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, and like all of them from Look, t- if you got a fucking bowl of soup, I know the, the Ryans and all day, and they Jesus, I'd be more, but they do like it's like a, a it's a hoolie, like, it's yeah. a hoolie. Oh, I've been at funerals and like went to walk, and like my best friend, his nanny died, and she was like 90 odd or something in Ballyferma, and she was well known, well known. Yeah, and I her funeral was gas, like literally, I went back to do clients, drove back up, parked my car, and went in and had sesh with them, didn't get out to the place till three in the morning, robbing gla- po- uh, glasses <laughs> out of pub and all. But that's the thing. It's mad. Like, but I said the same thing, Matt. I'm like, Matt, you just make sure. I was like, because oh, I won't be doing that. You'll have a pop prescription. You know, I'm telling My you. My nanny was dead. Why shut up if you're not paid for through the credit union? Yeah, literally, and left us a bit of money in the credit union because she was in the credit union, like in roller credit union from when mm. it was forced yeah. to start. And so, whatever way that worked, it was like whatever you owed, you, yeah. you died with you or yeah. something, and yeah. then it doubles. It doesn't happen you had. anymore. No, it doesn't happen. Whatever you had. Uh, doubled so I think she had like five grand and it doubled yeah. to ten. Right. So we were able to split that up between four of us. Right. And um our Fiona was paid for. Yeah, see I'm gonna, that's what I said to my mum. I was like, you just want to make sure you're insured and you're up to the hill that you if you want to, otherwise I'll just do whatever I have. Now I know Natalie will my friend Natalie will rally around and have it massive and have yeah. more massive and all. But you know the question was to you but we went off tangent. Um were you talk do you talk to these people as you're putting their face no, on saying, quiet. Hey mate? Very quiet. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, no it's not a very talkative environment. Yeah. Um, it's it's a long process. It can take like you. I like he paid like seventy quid an hour, which is good. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because it is such a difficult job. It's only difficult if you make it. I felt like that was like the last nice thing you can ever do for someone. Wouldn't want you want me to like make mm. sure you are massive. Um, mm. I have a few little contracts going around. <laughs> like if they all die before me, I've uh, if I yeah, you know what I mean. They yeah. die before me, then I have to do them. And I would not bother. But I have to say, if you do someone you know, it's totally different to just going, right, I have to get this done for that person. But when it's someone you know, it's very heartbreaking. Like, when I done mine, Annie, it was... With my mum, it was like... 
she loved that. I, we buried my mum in like a red Christmas jumper, <laughs> and like she because it was at Christmas time, so she mm. wore a line in, in a mm. glittery red Christmas jumper. I had a red lip on her. I done loads of eyeshadow, lashes, the whole shebang. And with me nanny, I just I couldn't. I just kind of done the bare minimum. Like I told them to just have her yeah. ready, and then I just touched her up then in the in the same room when she came home. Yeah. But I have my mask here. I always tell my friends, is my ma had really long hair down today. Yeah. And I cut it all off and I have it in a biscuit tin. Do you? Yeah. yeah but I, I had like a mad moment. Like before I was uh, taking her hair off, the scissors were so blunt and like that. My ma's hair was so thick. Mm. So it was just shredding. Like, and, I, and I, here I was sobbing, crying. <laughs> I cut it. Like I was literally having a moment. They're like knocking on the door saying, we need to go. And I'm like, wait. And like hacking away at her hair. And I was like, someone get me another scissors wrapping around her hair. It was mad. And then like we got another scissors and that cut through like butter. <laughs> and they're in a biscuit tin, yeah. Oh my God. It's mad. Because like, um, <laughs> did you know Neve that was on Instagram that died? She always used to... T- to I th- yeah she, I didn't know her but yeah, I knew her yeah. yeah no and I just knew her through Instagram as well like mm. I just I didn't know her like I, t- I met her once in my life and like and then when I put it up and then everyone was reaching out to me saying to me I'm so sorry about your friend and I felt guilty then because I was like because mm. she wasn't my friend because I'm sure our friends really yeah. couldn't use that but um the day at the funeral the big thing was our eyebrows yeah they were like and our eyebrows were massive yeah, like in the coffin. Out, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. like she, she used to always pencil in her eyebrows. That's and, the little things that yeah. make you make her whore. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a it's a hard out slog, but honestly, it's a such an industry as well. Like look at the outliers and sons and all they're flying like and they're doing it the right way. Like because they're taking it to like social media and they're making it not such a sad and sombre thing. More At the end of the day, it is a very lucrative business. It like it's everyone's gonna die. Millions of people die every day. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think they're doing great, and it's. I think it should be talked about a lot more. It shouldn't be like this thing like that. We're all going to die. Mm. We should all talk about I'm a real morbid bastard. Like I do be like, yeah, I want to be like, um, do you ever hear about water cremation? No. Right, so when now when you get cremated, mm. you get burned basically. Mm. Water cremation is the same thing. It just speeds up your decomposition process. So like within a day, you're put into like a vat of water and within a day, you're just bones. And when you get, cremated it's the same thing you're born and you're just bones and they blend up bones and that's what ashes are right. you know what i mean so water cremation is the same thing only for water decomposes you you're left as bones and then they give you back your bones but it's mineral because it's good it's good for the environment it's uh getting cremated is actually really bad for the environment so there you go how do you know all this shit because i'm just a weirdo and i like go into all these like if i like a topic i like google it till the end <laughs> you shouldn't see my google history topic <laughs> But yeah, it's good for the environment and it's better. And then, yeah, I always say that I want my ashes basically put in a big firework. Right now I'm robbed this. I want this for me. Um, do you ever see at the end of Hocus Pocus where they like blow up into a ball of glitter and like, baby? Yeah. I want that. I want my ashes to be put up in a, in a firework display and I have a firework display in my month's mind. Imagine that. And that's how I scatter my ashes. Isn't that deadly? It is. Yeah, a ball of glitter. It's every bear in me. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell me about your uh, relationships like obviously with Enya and your friends now that you have yeah so with Enya um, I would have been friends but we actually went to the same crush together and we didn't really like know that because we weren't super close as children mm. but when we were teenagers we would have always been in the same circle because she lives behind a park that it's a really big park and everyone kind of would have drank there so I would have seen her growing up or whatever and then um, we actually went to Swedish House Mafia together as well and um, we're on the same bus and all. And then when I started doing makeup, yeah, I just think word them out and everyone kind of, a few of her friends had been using me. So I started doing her makeup and then I done her makeup for her 21st as well. I had a like poison ivy, God love her. <laughs> Big pale face <laughs> with green eyes. 
And um, it's our tortieth now next week. Isn't that Stop. mad? Like how quick mm. that's after gone, Jesus. And um, yeah, we were just like best friends ever since. And then with the podcast, like uh, she, the podcast was written her idea. It was called Give a Listen. And I would feature on it as a guest like that you were saying that you don't have someone to bounce off of. Mm. I was just that person there for her to basically have a bounce off of. And she would have different people on um each week. But I think people just started to like me a little bit and everyone was like, Right, get Jordan back on it, get Jordan <laughs> back on it and then she took a break from doing the podcast and uh the two of us did and we went on a walk one day and we were like, Will we do it together? And then that's when so over uh came about. And yeah, we're literally flying ever since but we're just on a bit of a break at the moment because we were having a few struggles with trying to get sponsorships and yeah. going in with different brands and things like that. And we were going with a leading podcast brand, but it just didn't work out. And we're just kind of figuring out our next steps, basically, if we want to do it. Like, we definitely are going to keep doing it, but we just don't know if we want to do it, like, ourselves or do we want to take it to mm. a brand? Because it's very, like, we're, I was having this conversation. It is hard, like, and sometimes, as I said, like, I was getting imposter syndrome and I was like, yeah. am I putting something out and no one's listening to me? No. I Paul has the stats he has everything oh, and he's like yeah and he has a lot and I haven't been looking at it Do you know what my thing is I actually have to look at it I should be looking at it because that's mm. where I get investment that's where I see that's where my brain ticks like, do you know what I mean yeah. like when I look at things like Connor Ryan like his day, his podcast was downloaded over 50,000 people downloaded his podcast yeah but just that far a bit of gossip yeah do you know what I mean yeah, I'd rather like my podcast be listened to for substance yeah. and for people wanting to listen to it not just yeah. to get the bit of gossip because this next episode isn't going to do that good is it yeah you know exactly I mean? no hate to you Connor but it's the truth like <laughs> and that's like so for me like I have to and then like people were saying to me then oh it's a bit depressing and all that and I was like look Jesus Christ if I can help one person and true like the amount that we've helped and the amount I know like even I was able to help my brother through my podcast because I yeah. reached out to one of the it's, lads it's mad what podcasts do the power of them like I have you know Patrick James yeah Patrick James is one of my best friends now just because he listens to my podcast and he mm. was like you are gas we need to be friends and we were like that ever since and now I swear to god like even through him like his his boyfriend his sister Chris oh I can't speak yeah his boyfriend's sister Katie mm. she is like my soulmate I've, I, I love that girl to pieces and I would have never been friends with if I didn't meet Paddy and if I didn't do the podcast I would have never met Paddy so there you go and like people tell me I get messages like oh my god like I was one girl was going through cancer and she would put her podcast on when she was getting her chemo done and it would take her mind off of it Mm. and I was like fucking hell like the power of it like do you know what I mean I'm like hardly you listen to me and then you shite on about whatever is popular that (laughs) week and like that's helping you through your cancer or like some people come up to us in the George like and I'm not mm. messing tap you on the shoulder and they're like I love you like ah, and it's yeah. wild I'm like like you said I don't even think people listen to it mm. but it does it makes a difference and if it's one person listening to it and they get like a a, mm. a sense of like comfort out of it then there your job's done yeah that's well, all that matters it doesn't matter if you're getting 50,000 players because you're not going to get that all the time exactly and that's the way yeah. I was with it Um, tell me Jordan do you have any regrets Um. I don't really think so now. I think obviously there is some stuff that like I've blocked out and I've put like personally like cringe the things I would take back. Yeah, but anything big I feel like that happened to me was meant meant to happen to me and it's all like a learning lesson and I don't think I'd be the person I am today without all of that hard shit happening. But um no, I don't think I have no regrets. Do you ever see that tattoo? <laughs> yeah. And tell me about love. You tell me because it's not fucking happening. <laughs> <laughs> Love is like that. Like I said, I was going on such a personal journey for myself. I really 
I'm working on me at the moment and I'm learning to love me and accept me for who I am wholeheartedly. So that has been a process and I feel like I've been working on mind, body and spirit. So with the um, losing my mom was my spirit, like the grieving process, that was the spirit. Then the uh, body was obviously getting the sleeve and getting a lot fitter and doing all that. And now I'm on the mind part because when you do do the slave and you have like I said that emotional attachment to food and you're not getting help or talking to people or talking to someone about it it, it fucks you up like it really does like you're, look, you're torturing yourself looking at food that like you would have easily had about four of them without even thinking about it, it no no I'm just that's mm. fine I'm, I'm healed now I'm okay I'm in recovery mm. but it's little things like that you're just looking at things that would have been so a daily habit that you would have just done and you can't do that anymore <clears throat> send you haywire it really does so you have to learn to be like get strong within your mind and yourself and say no what's that gonna do for me and keep pushing literally like yeah yeah because i know i won't mention her name uh, a girl that i talk to sometimes on instagram on, say her name. no because it's, it's up to her like and i don't <laughs> know whether she's publicly said this but like she says that even though she's had the sleeve mm. She looks in the mirror every day and still sees the person she was. Oh, yeah, you go from one set of problems to another. And that's if you don't heal, I feel like a slave. This is just me personally. I feel like a slave is for someone that was severely overweight. And it's the last step. If you cannot shift that, re- like I was told you once down, you wouldn't think I'm six foot five. Like I'm told, I'm gone, I'm just 20 stone now. So I'm at to lose nearly 11 stone. You Jeez. know what I mean? So I'm right at the healthy weight for me now. But well, I probably could lose a bit more. But when I get. The old belly chopped off, it'd be <laughs> I'd lose a few more pounds. But like that, I'm I'm kinda where I should be now and uh I wouldn't say I'd lose much more weight, but yeah, I feel like the slave is like a last resort and people that are a size sixteen and that just oh, I can't shift and I can't do this. I I really feel like you're opening your uh, kind of worms there. You mm. really are. You really need to think about that because it's not really fire. Like if you went to gym and you did just put the work in, I know I can't say because I didn't do it, but I was at me wit's end with that like this was something that I was gonna die if I didn't get it I didn't realise how sick I was how my breathing like my skin everything was coming up on me and I never realised it <clears throat> until I went and got all the tests and everything done and I saw Jesus just how overweight I was mm. and it was like yeah it was it was the last option but I'd really really do your thinking before you go ahead with that if that makes sense yeah because as I said like I won't because I do harp on a little bit about that fact is that I do feel that like someone say to me, no, and I love people to say to me, you're not that fucking big. When people say to me, but some per- one person has said to me, would you go to Torquay? And I was like, no. And then I was like, should oh I my go? God. Should I go to Torquay? Should I be doing? My to sister, Turkey? my sister was tingling about getting a talk, and I'm like, go away. You're literally like a size sixteen. There's not yeah. a problem with you. You're fine. Mm. You're able to do. It. But it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a mental thing. Mm. It really is. And I'm saying to her, well, if it's a mental thing, you're not already kind of mentally healed, and you still have your shit to go through. This is kind of like you're standing on the edge of a cliff and that's just going to push it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That fixes your your body. Yeah. That makes you physically cannot eat, but it doesn't heal everything else. And like that, like you said with your friend, you go from one side of a problem to another problem. Mm. If you're insecure when you look in the mirror, you're going to be even more insecure because it's not like you lose weight and like you tone up and you get real skinny. It's basically like you're letting water out of a balloon. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You're losing all that fat, but you still have all that skin. And now... I don't know whatever happened with me. I am blessed. I never got sick. I didn't lose any hair. My, I just, I'm, I'm just amazing. <laughs> but I don't have saggy skin. I think it's because I'm really tall. Yeah. I don't know anyone that's like my height. That, no. 
that got done. There's one fella, Sean Daly, from my area. Do you know him? He was on um, Project Operation Transformation. No, I don't watch that. He's from my area, but he got the team done there. He looks amazing as well, but he's not as tall as me either. So mm. I don't really know anyone that. I, I My uh, opinion of people with sleeves is probably like five for five women. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all I kind of have to go off of. So, yeah. But a lot of people do do the whole tummy tuck and the breast augmentation and whatever. But. So now it's just, why why put yourself through all that if you're not really yeah. ready? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mad. Tell me this. What do you think, like, I know, I think you and I have had a conversation before, but, like, about, like, being not an influencer, but, like, going a to... Micro-influencer. A micro-influencer. Yeah. Mi- micro-influencers. Um, going to events and going to all this. So I went to an event the other night. Yeah. Um, and when I got there, a very, very dear friend of mine was at it. And when I walked in, it was for Club L London, yeah, Club London. Yeah. And when I walked in, he said to me, what the fuck are you doing here? And I was like, why? And he said to me, no, he said, Rebecca, are you here? Super? It was very funny. Like he, you'd get on with him really well. And I he said to me, yeah. And he said to me, are you supervising somebody here? And I was like, no. And he was like, you're too fucking old for to be here. He's like, go. You shouldn't be here, right? So, hell. Yeah, he's like... He's, uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, you as yeah, well. Fucking yeah. hell. But um, the room was full... Of younger crowd. Of young... Yeah, well, it's a clothing brand. I mean, yeah. It's the same, same thing. But, like, some people go to them events, like, and I, I feel the same kind of way. Now, I'm not a bitch in any way, but I feel like mm-hmm. some people that are at, like, the makeup ones, mm-hmm. when they're at, like, the big makeup brand launch events or whatever like that and they're not makeup artists they're like fashion bloggers or whatever it's genuine just down to the following yeah that they've even gotten an invite or it's just all about it's very favoritism it's pick it's real pick and choosy Mm. if you like me i like you kind of thing and if you're it's nothing got to do with the brand or anything like that it's the pr people yeah you know yourself so when you're getting an invite to an event it's all through pr or whoever's Mm. running it and they kind of have a list say okay it's a dinner with Charlotte Tilbury say that yeah. one that was on. It's a dinner with Charlotte Tilbury mm. said they have a limited amount of 60 seats. And I'm like, half of them are like fashion people. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? They're makeup artists. Why aren't you giving it to people? Not regardless of me or whatever. Yeah. Why aren't you giving it to people that are makeup? Mm. What about makeup reviewers or, you know what I mean? Or obviously people that like cut the makeup up and all yeah. stuff like that. Like yeah. whatever. I hardly got to go to them and cut Charlotte Tilbury up. But <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know. So sometimes, yeah. It can be a little bit, but like, who gives a fuck? Like, I'm not being bad, but to, for someone to come up to you, I know it's probably only a joke yeah. or whatever, but why are you there? Yeah, I know, no, he was working at the events, that's why. Mm. No, but he's very funny, he's very tongue-in-cheek. But do you find, like, are you confident walking into that room? Yeah, sometimes you can get a bit impostery, like, do mm. you know what I mean? So I, I remember I, I went to a Shane event, yeah. and I know the girl from the Shane event, she won't, mm. <laughs> she won't care, but I took, like, three, I think I only allowed to take one dress or whatever like that. Yeah. And I took a tray from my sister. I didn't know. <laughs> not, I didn't know. And I, I was actually there as a plus one with my friend. So I was putting like, you know, when you're getting the dress, like, yeah, whose name is on there? And I yeah. give my friend's name. <laughs> and then the person, because they're friends, the person came up and was like, did you like take like four dresses? And she was like, no, I took. And I was like, that was me. I had three dresses in my bag. Do you want them back? And she was like, no, I hardly keep them. There's me fleece in the tent. <laughs> Oh my god, there's a few times now when you're at them events you get the yeah. goodie bags or whatever, like hard. Like sometimes there's fucking the big ones, like if you're at like a YSL or like yeah. DR or whatever, they yeah. have amazing goodie bags. But like when you're at pretty little thing at Boo here or whatever, it's a fucking <laughs> set of lashes and a pair of socks and the thing, and like hard, like you keep that. Like I'd be really good friends with Ellie, like yeah. and all them girls, and like know them, and you'd never Ellie, see Ellie, who, Ellie, Ellie Kelly, right. like, and you'd never see Ellie carrying around a fucking a goodie bag from a Boo here event, you know what I mean? She's, yeah. Like, in my eyes, she's nice enough to even drop in and be like, oh yeah, like, yeah. But, 
yeah, you'd never see that. But that's what I find so funny that all the newer girls they hold on to the bag and they're like, I could bag from Boohoo, and I'm like, it's a pair of socks, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Whose face would you love to paint? Like, out of all the world, oh, fucking the world. Britney, God love her, she needs it. Yeah. Oh, she needs a good makeup wipe. And, but I just think that tour, like, I think people give her, don't even get me started, I'll be here all day about Britney, but I think pe- she feeds into the whole, she's crazy thing, mm. and that's what, one thing I don't get about, I'd be like, right, you're not really helping herself here. That's just her, she never gave a fuck from day one. Mm. She had her hair up in a tussie and was walking through the garage barefoot, do you know what I mean? She, mm. she always was that way, I never gave a fuck what anyone thinks about her. It still doesn't to this day, but then it's like, oh, get a makeup wipe. Yeah. Because, um, like, someone put up something, was it you? About people giving out about Britney spinning. Yeah, in her videos. But she's she's spun though in every single music video and every show. She always spins. And does a hair whip, and that's just what she does. It's that thing. She's like, I'm a spinner. But, like, she's getting her happiness and dancing in that living room. How many many times have you done that? Just put the tunes on and had a dance. It's because she's who she is that she's being watched by the world. And yeah, don't get me wrong, like I agree, there is some things that she shouldn't have posted, but yeah. it's all Instagram, she can do what she wants, she's a free person. Who do you think is, oh, oh, free Britney, who do you think is overrated? Oh, I don't even know, that's a loaded question. It is. Oh, you, I'm anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In terms uh, of people, like when you, when you see makeup looks and you're like, let's t- polarise it to makeup so we don't fall out with anyone. Yeah, but, what, what look do I think is overrated? Like, Yeah. I don't know, I think that whole like... The soft glam, like, you know, the whole, like, oh, a lot of blush and stuff like that. It's just everyone kind of gets the same thing. Me as a woke makeup artist, I'm not messing with you. The same thing. Every yeah. time. People, brown, smoky eye, new lip. Ingla. Do you blame Ingla for that? I feel like Ingla were good in their day. Like, I mm. feel like Ingla, yeah, I won't, I won't say it in many fucking names, but, like, you know yourself. Mm. They were a cunt to deal back in the day. Excuse yeah. my French, but they yeah. fucking were. And Mac, I would have always preferred Mac. I mm. would have thought the Mac makeup style would have been a bit more me, but the Ingla... Yeah, I just feel like that was ran to the ground. Like, it really was. It's such a good company with such good products. And it's still, like, it had to have amazing stuff. But I just feel like it was handled very badly. Yeah. I think that, I don't think it's overrated as such. But I just thought it was handled a bit badly. But I think the looks are good. Like, that came out. Like, Ellie would have started, like, with yeah. them. And kind of came up. And look at her now. Mm. You know I mean? It's mad. Like. What's the, like, I'm I'm complete, like, liquid blush. I'm, like, liquid blush. Oh, I love a bit of liquid blush. So, basically, with makeup, like, you should... Everything is a cream product that correlates to a powder. So mm. if you have a cream blush, you have a matching powder blush. And same with bronzer, contour. Okay. All that, you know what I mean? That's how you get a pigment and how it stays on your face. Because if you just do creams, it's not set. So it's kind of fed. And blush is the first thing that comes off of your face. Because you touch your face. So mm. you actually touch your face about like 28 times in a minute. You don't even realise it. And I do know that. Because I'm, I'm good at my makeup. Do you think oh, I'm good at my yeah, makeup? Yeah, yeah, I always look beautiful. No, do you start yourself every event? No. Who does it for you? I do, I do, no, I do. do I do, like, if I if I do want, like, depends, like, um... I remember I complimented you at the Gossies, do you remember? Who did that at the Gossies? Or did you not do No, I did it myself. Yeah, I was like, you yeah. look gorgeous. Yeah, I did it, I did it myself at the Gossies. Did you like us? Yeah. We were like, uh, I don't know, there was a team, so it was fire and ice. Your, jacket, you your jacket was insane. That was a fucking nightmare. That was insane. Yeah, you a had a trouble with that, didn't oh, you? The two of us had trouble. We didn't have an outfit <laughs> the day before the event, we didn't have an outfit. But come here, do you remember you yeah. said this about like that you hired a car and all that to thinking that like <laughs> but there's so many people out there that think like that. Yeah, they mm. think it's this big thing, like <laughs> we thought we were gonna roll out to like a red carpet, all this and that. Now don't get me wrong, there was paparazzi and people outside. Yeah. <laughs> we pulled up and we got out and everyone turned away. No one was even looking at us and there was one fella and he's like this guy that like 
uh, goes around asking like influencers and stuff like that and all I heard is Jordan Jordan and I turned around and that man like the guy that takes the photos and so we got a selfie with him that was about not one click of a picture was taken none of that and I was like I heard this is gas so we walked in and then <laughs> and your man Brian that took Brian all the fo- yeah mm. Brian does all the photos mm. for the thing he took a few photos of it like that there's me standing like a mango didn't get asked to go on the red carpet so I didn't go on the red carpet I was like fine that's okay cool the next day we looked at the pictures that Goss had put up <laughs> And he got skipped. So he didn't put any picture up. So they put whoever was before and whoever was after and just didn't put her up. And I thought that was mad because we made it on a few little um, best dress lists. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought and he looked amazing. So I was like, yeah. cheek of him. You, but you, right, for, in defence of Mr. McAvoy. Ah, he's, I've met him a few times at lots yeah. of different events. But he doesn't, he, do you know, he, he, he sends them out to everyone. So that's he takes the photos and then sends them out. To all and the, to all, papers, to yeah. all the papers, all the PRs, and then they choose. Because right. someone else said to me, the night, I'm going to slag on you. It was Bev. Bev was like, Never fuck. Yeah. We've been at a few events, we haven't made. She's like, Fuck Brian now. And I was like, It's nothing to do with Brian. Yeah. Of whose photo, like he sends them out, and then the PR or the newspapers or whoever say, Right, well, who are we going to get clicks yeah, for? Exactly, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they put them out. Um, I do so, look like a fucking, oh, I don't even know, I don't want to get cancelled, but like. <laughs> I do look like a fucking dope in the pictures of one eye shut like that. <laughs> I'd be like, do you airbrush? <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, I know, because as well, like, when I go out with Alan and, like, they're always, like, yeah. the, um, they're always, like, can we just get one with Alan? Oh, and I see, see Alan, you're like, and this is the thing, like, I always tell people, like, see him, he is, like, the best. Like, when they say to him, do you want to go on your, he's like, no. No, yeah. No, he's I like, don't want to be on He's either. like, no. He's like, Rebecca, get in. And I'm like, oh no, you're gonna. He's like, no, get in. I actually have a picture with Alan when I was in Drag in the George. Him and his husband. I think they only got married at the time. Oh, really? And I was in full Drag in the George. And he was like, oh, God, I just have to show you a picture of it. It's gas. And did you do drag? Yeah, so I did. Like, I like to say I'm like a bedroom drag queen. Right. I wouldn't say that I'm like out there. I've done like a lot of makeup looks for myself. But like that, I was saying that I've had only been kind of getting the confidence and learning. And I haven't done makeup on myself in nearly two years. So mm. it's coming around to that time where I started getting creative on myself again. But yeah, I used to go out and drag a lot. Uh, years ago, like in 2016. And would you and perform now? No. Right. to go out onto the, onto the scene and I met Alan yeah. know, on one of the nights and I looked like Sarah from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it was Halloween time. We were like trying to be witches. Yeah. That was gas. I have the picture. I'll show you. Oh, show me. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to send, send it to me. Yeah. I'm going to send it on. We'd love to. Um, but yeah, like the whole events things it's it's a it's different ma- it's scene wild. it's mm. wild now some of them are all lovely like i know carly and yeah. all them from the events and i know yeah. them kind of from instagram when you meet them at the events it's great crack yeah and like that uh, i'd know a few of them just because you know you talk mm. to them on instagram or whatever but it's always it's great to like have a laugh with them in person and have a great night out and all mm. but it's very clicky yeah it's very clicky and it's very bitchy and it's like no someone's not after getting the gold band or someone didn't get a bag or i'm like mm. oh, fuck off who cares mm. you know what i mean like what you cause them whatever <laughs> The world needs more people like you, George. It's the truth, though. Like, yeah. you, it's, a, it's a real hierarchy, though, isn't it? Mm. You know, like, no, I know. You're sitting at a certain table and that's yeah. VIP, and you know, you're yeah. not allowed in there or whatever. I'm like, fuck off, like. I know, I know. Right. Yeah, and like, I, as I said, I was at the Stellar Awards and they were a little bit different to the Gossies. Um, but uh, yeah, like, that was that work. Way? I can't really talk about it because it was a work oh. event. So like this is the thing like I like I like you feel like you can't fucking say that yeah the thing. you don't want to you can't tell your step and all yeah that. no but you know what the thing is about it like I am very open and very honest yeah. but I'm also very fucking professional I really am yeah, I'm very yeah. and like people don't really know that about me but I really am when I'm working so at that like I could have it was a lot I could have said 
but oh, I can't. Yeah. But I can't because it's not your. Yeah, yeah it's like it's. I'm, like, I'm, what are you gonna benefit? From yeah, like, yeah, I'm representing my brand. Do you know what I mean? So I couldn't really. CEO. But CEO. Yeah, yeah. Swear. Um. But yeah, no. It was. It was a good night. It was like, and I had a good crack with my friends there and as well. And you was there. I said hello to her. Um. But yeah, it's just like, do you know what I mean? It's The world is like fucking topsy-turvy. Um, yeah. Tell me this, right, because I'm going off now on a tangent and I shouldn't even be. Tell me this about yourself. Where, I always say that, like, what is the future and where is the future for you? Um, I don't know. I hope, like, in the future, I'm just, I'm where I want to be. Mm. And I'm happy about where I am. That's the main thing. I would like to... Obviously, professionally wise, just kind of step it up a notch and take it to where I have wanted it to go, as in like maybe do more celebrity clients, maybe have like a bit more of it somewhere I can rent studio space and like do like you know I hire a makeup artist to come in and work under my brand or whatever like that. Have a few brands going, I'd love that. Um, I actually have the right spot to my hair extension brand, so I'd love to open up a, a hair extension brand kind of thing, like a human hair. Mm-hmm. Um have that going and then personally i just hope that yeah i'm happy and then i'd like to, i think i would like to start getting drag going and i'm saying that now because i've never said that before okay on a public platform i would like to get drag going and do that because i was a dancer for like years for 10 years of my life and now i just don't think that show person stuff leaves yeah. you like it's just it's in you from the, i'm an attention seeking bastard and there's no way to like <laughs> get better attention when you're in drag and I'm, that's what i'm telling you when you're in like the george and you're in full drag it's like being famous and it's it is it's like it, especially with me because i'm stunning yeah I'm and the pictures, yeah yeah. Was, yeah like that mm. i'm literally ducking through doors like already so imagine in full drag and it's get it's fucking gas as well it's great crack so yeah I can't why don't wait, you I don't do it take it on the stage genuinely money yeah. My drag would not be cheap because I want like good hair, I want good costumes, I want all that. So it wouldn't be cheap. And that's the thing that's kind of been stopping me. But it's in a bit of an excuse as well because I just need to get the foot, the foot out and do it. I just said, like, if you look at what you're spending, we had this conversation before we came on air. Yeah. So you should start just putting a little thing together and just get yourself. I, I'm, I like money is like sand in my hand. Sorry, it's like mm. sand in my hand. If I have two euro, I'm like, what can I buy? <laughs> I was in the store today and I said, I'm only going in to buy a candle. And I walked out with two candles. I walked out with a Christmas bed set and a fucking pillow and a trowel. <laughs> I was like, for 72 euro. <laughs> I said, I meant to spend two euro, not 72 euro. I'd love to see it in drag. I'd love to see it on the stage yeah. in the George. Like, I'd love to see that from you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a goal for me. 100% it would be, that would be a goal as well. And on that note, we leave it there. Okay. Thank you, Jordan, for sitting Thanks down so with me. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Me too. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I didn't do this and we didn't do what we do, I wouldn't get to know that all about you. And I love it. I really, you have to fucking cheer me up now. Oh, and do you know what so I mean? And I know that. there was to and fro with it. Yeah, but that's us. Yeah, but yeah. Now. So now we're best friends, just so yeah. you know. For always. For always, always and forever. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.